Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey everybody, listen to the Work For It podcast. And today's show is sponsored by MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. That's Lawrence Lake. He's got the best handle material, steels, tooling, anything you can think up or dream up for your next, next knife making adventure. So go check out Lawrence over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and make sure you tell them the boys over at the Work For It podcast sent you. And when you are thinking about that next big project, make sure you invest in some Baker Forge and Tool, QMI, mm-hmm. Damascus. They've got different names for their... Brian, do you know any of their, the names of their crazy Damascus well, that I they can, have? I can tell you. I've got two billets in, in the shop right now that need to be cut up, but I bought one that they did the special on. It's a bronze my ladder pattern. Oh my yes. God, is it sexy? I'm I'm cutting out some of the ridges and the mini ridges out of it. I I pack those things as close together as you possibly can because you don't want to mess up any Baker Forge, you know, steel. But oh, um, I am so excited to get working on them. And have you seen the new Riptide Elite Chevron? Oh, Riptide, they've they've done Tsunami Mai. I've got some Tsunami Mai. Oh my gosh, the stuff is yeah. just amazing. Yeah, if you look at any of their social media, you'll quickly find out how it's made because you can see them on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And you'll also see all the tooling and all the expertise and time and energy that goes into these billets. And then you hopefully will be able to do the math and say it's better to, say, invest in buying a billet from them. It's worth it because you'll be able to take that billet and turn it into something beautiful much quicker and uh, turnover profit much faster. Oh yeah. Uh, so go check out bakerforge.com and tell Koi that the guys over at work for it sent you and you can use WFI 10 as a promo code and get 10% off. And just think about that. If you buy a billet for a hundred bucks, cause they've got billets on there for a hundred dollars, you save 10 bucks. Now, if you're going crazy and you spend $500, you save 50 bucks. 50. Wow. There's no what happens if you spend a thousand, Brian. <laughs> you save one dollar. No, you save ten dollars. No, you $1, save thousand dollars. I don't know, Brian. I don't know. I don't do that kind of math in my head. Don't give me these math problems. I've got enough problems. Speaking but let of, me tell you, go ahead. Speaking of Baker Forge, uh, you know, with their whole deals, they just did this deal for Independence Day, they took off 20%. WFI 10 still worked on top of that. All I'm you, saying is just even if they're doing a deal, just just see what happens. Just just layer in that WFI 10. Maybe you'll get yeah. a steal. Yeah, that's actually a really great idea. Oh, yeah. Try to use it anyway. See if it'll stack. We call that coupon stacking yeah. and I, in the industry, and it I, does work a lot of times. I feel almost a little bit guilty that I used 30% off on a bar of steel. That's, that's almost too much. I almost feel like Koi needs to take some money out of my bank account. I got to tell you, if anybody's going to get 30% off and he'd be happy about it, it would be you. That's what I think. So I know he has an affinity for you and the rest of the crew over here at Housemade because we get uh, we're doing all kinds of things for Koi where we built him that huge Helios Forge. I'm about ready to throw that on a pallet and ship it up to him. And then they're going to use my tooling to make some of their billets. And that I am super proud of. I never thought I'd see that happen. And we're seeing it this year in 2023. And with that, I got to say, you know how this all works? You know how I got that deal? You know how I make my living, Brian? How wow. do I make my living? What do you think? You work for it. We got to work for it, baby. Let's go. Let's work for it. Today, tomorrow, yesterday. And probably for the next 30 years, I will be working for it. I'm guessing, Brian, you've got a little bit longer in on it than I do. 
and we are going to find our purpose, our passion, and we're going to put it to work, and we're going to turn it into profit right here on the Work For It podcast. That's what we talk about, business in the workshop. We're going to take what you know. We're going to apply some of our rules. I've got these rules that we talk about all the time, the 50-50 rules, the big one, where you got 50% of your job is to make whatever it is you make, and the other 50% is to sell that. So we help you with both right yeah. here on the Work For It podcast. And if that would compel you enough, you'd say, Brian, what does something like this cost, this advice? And I would tell you, absolutely nothing. It's free. I give it away every week. You can hit that follow button. You can hit that five-star button on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, and you can help us out in that way. Or you can go over to patreon.com forward slash work for it, like Dennis says in the beginning of the show. And for $10.80 a year, you can support what we do. Because, you know what? It's worth it. Every <laughs> single time I see that little new Patreon patron message thing pop up, it's like, you've got a new patron. And we're like $3 away from making 500 bucks a month. That's wild. Three bucks. That's all we need. That's that's like, you know, so when we started this whole Patreon and I, you know, joined the podcast and we got this, you know, I knew that this was a great show. But the fact that the the, you know, support just keeps swelling and swelling like you, you think, OK, well, this is we're obviously we're doing so well. We're going to we're going to crest off. This is the plateau. No, it just keeps going and going. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Love you guys. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you guys. We we actually have some new patrons. You wanna you want me to dive in to see who's yeah, man? It's been All a right. while since we've like you know we we used to do the whole read out every name. We're we're a little bit past that now, but yeah, we yeah, need to I've dive got, in the new people. I've got some uh, some some cool some some cool names to read off here. Um, we've got Dave Pratt from Bonds Creek Knives, um, nice. Ryan of Gnome Hammer Forge. Ryan has been going back. He's messaging me uh, every couple of days going, hey, I went all the way back and started listening to the Work For It podcast. He's like, I got 80 episodes before I get caught up. So he he joined on up. Shane Hicks, uh, good, uh, good guy, Shane Hicks. Dan Rohe, Cody Lynn. We appreciate you, Cody. Thank you so much. Jeff Carey from Armor Up Blades and EDC. I don't know if you know Jeff Carey. He's a good guy. And Ed Soul. Ed Soul. Yeah, nice. love Ed. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ed is uh, just joined up, and I we appreciate you, Ed. Thank you so much. So uh, those are our new patrons. Um, and Ed sent me a message, a really nice message, because Ed, I don't know if you know this, was born in Mexico, and he was born in Mexico City. He looks like an Irishman, right? He looks like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed yep. guy, but he speaks freaking fluid, yep. fluid-ass Spanish, man. I mean, he just really, really good Spanish. And every time I see him at Blade, I always enjoy talking with him. He's he's got he's really down to earth and fun to be around or whatever. Like if he lived in my town, we'd be hanging out all the time. Speaking um, of Ed, I bought a piece of damage steel from him. He got like a couple extra billets for the knife talk build along pieces. The whole idea with that build-along thing is you're supposed to, you know, it's going to be a competition, and you're supposed to make some sort of culinary thing for it. I'm 100% abandoning it. I am <laughs> making a damn ridge out of it. <laughs> I, I like it. I like where you're going with this. Yeah, Ugh. that's cool. Yeah, I feel I feel a little bit like a cheapskate, but, you know, hey, it's, it's, it is what it is. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. And, uh, yeah, and uh, just fill me in. Okay, so we've been talking about, You've been talking about, and then you and I have been talking about, you making a a production-level knife, and you started working on the concept for the harpoon clip mm -hmm. uh, knife that you had developed. It was a little big. You and I talked about that. Then you yep. had Brian Hunt dive in with some yes. CAD work. Brian he Hunt, would, not Brian Hidden Hunt. Camp, Brian yeah. Hunt. I made that mistake right. last week. I'm sorry, guys. And and then they uh, and then you guys kind of like worked out five different levels. You asked the uh, the audience, basically, you're following on Instagram and Facebook. What do you mm -hmm. like best? And you got a a wide range of answers, but most people pick somewhere in the middle, which was like surprising to you. You were like, wow, you know that that's interesting. Now 
I would like to take some credit because I'm the one that told you that it should be smaller yep. initially. Because I yep. said, hey, you know, not everybody wants to carry that big knife, but if you make it smaller, it's going to widen your audience. And that was kind of the vote. People went somewhere in the middle. I think you ended up on the and C and D, right? Like somewhere in the middle. It was A, B, C, D, and E, right? You had right. five. So it was actually A was the three inch, and I believe C was the um, two and a half inch. Those were the two that I ended up going with. But when I went through and I tallied up all of the votes, it was literally, I think it was like 40% A, 40% C, and then a lot of, you know, the rest of them were split in the small numbers. Gotcha. So, so the some three inch and the two and a half. One. And, you know, for th- for three inch, like that's that being the big one, that's, it's you know. You're looking at three inches and saying, wow, that's huge. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) There's a joke in there somewhere, but yes. Did I put those dots close enough there, Brian? Yes. Yes. But what I like about this is you employed the, uh, the, the ability of our audience wants to assist. They love it. And you made it super easy, by the way, Brian Mm -hmm. draw doing the drawing, and then you put the letters on there and you just like, hey, which one do you want? You got a ton of engagement out of mm-hmm. that. And then, you know, you boiled it down and you made these knives. And I think what I like about this the most is that you weren't afraid to put it out there that you didn't know that what, you know, which direction to go in. And then you had a lot of fun just asking and getting all that feedback. And then, and then not even a day later you had one made, which I loved. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of fun to, you know, not only get the feedback, have a lot of conversations start. I had quite a few conversations in the DMS about, well, I would like this one and this is why, you know, there's a lot of thought that people are willing to put into someone else's design to try to help you, make a better product and that's what i love about this community yeah it is really neat to see people just step up and offer their opinion for free and so that was great and then after that i noticed like you there was a couple of other people that took the same advice you know like jeremy balaball is kind of doing the same thing Mm -hmm. he's running that whole gamut and trying to figure this whole thing out and i think that this is the right way to do it because we live in a bubble, right? Every We're sitting here in our workshops by ourselves. And then also, if you look at your social media insights, you'll see that very rarely do you go outside a certain core group of people that are seeing and interacting with your work. And you can call it the algorithm. You can call it whatever you want. But it's it's that's just the way it is. So it becomes a, a very tight-knit bubble very quickly. Yeah. Now, when you take something like what you did, and you had all these people commenting in Instagram goes or Facebook goes, Hey, this is relevant content for people who may not be your followers or people who are your followers, but may not normally interact with you. And then you get, and I don't know if you saw this, but you get comments and interaction from people who are outside of the normal group. Right. And then all of a sudden, because they've commented and looked at and liked and spent time on your post, all of a sudden you're going to show up on their feed, you know, a couple times every just yeah. because they look at the one, it means that they are going to be seeing you go across their screen. You know, it's that's that's the way the algorithm works. I know there's a lot of conspiracy about well, they're shadow banning me or if I show a knife or I say the word knife, you know, my shit gets shut down. And you know, maybe there's a small little hint of that, but really it's, you know, the engagements that will either make or break it that's right and so and i have had a few conversations with a few people and and they like my analogy of the hammock right you know where you have this low point in the middle of the summer now we're on the rise we're in july sure and um we've noticed a sales increase and you know there's things happening but it's still not to where it normally would be you know we're still very low And so, you know, we have to take this time that's in the middle of the summer and do the infrastructure stuff, do the R&D, like what you're doing right now, research and development to try to figure out, hey, what when Christmas comes, what am I going to be selling to all these people who are going to be coming to me? Also, you should be lining up like water jet services, whatever it might be to get those knives ready to go for when the sales start flooding in. Can I talk about that a little bit? 
Go for it. So I actually sat down with, you know, the New Jersey Steel Baron water jet service thing. And I mean, it, it took me a little bit, you know, I made a few mistakes the first time through. So I had to kind of like go back and delete all that and start again. But, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And, you know, it's it's not necessarily you would think going into it that it's going to be a lot more expensive than what it is. I haven't quite got, gotten the quotes from them yet, but from what I've heard from everyone that I've talked to, it's like, okay, if you can price out how much steel you're going to need, and then if they water jet it, it's only going to be like a couple bucks more than if you were to just buy the steel. That's right. So the return on investment for them to all be, first of all, identical one to the next to the next, you're never going to have one that has a wonky this or a weird that because you didn't quite grind a straight line or you've been grinding on these for 10 hours and, you know, this first one was this side size and the last one is too big or too small. They're all identical. That's what you want when you're doing production run. And the fact that, you know, that is hours of your time that you are reclaiming because they are cutting that out. And also, a couple bucks for each one, like the amount of time you're going to spend, not only in your own personal time, which should be enough there to, you know, reclaim that couple bucks in your mind, but also the abrasives, all of the other attack, all of the wear and tear on your tools. Saw blade in your portable hand. Uh, yeah, you're going to spend more on saw blades than this is going to be. Saw blades and abrasives are going to cost more to do all of those than if you were just to order them. Like, I'm not... Here's the thing. New Jersey Steel Baron has not paid me to say... This is not, like, an ad for New Jersey Steel Baron in particular, but, like, come on, guys. Water Jet Services, it, it, we did the math. We started drawing it all out. We even got quotes from um, Niagara Specialty Metals, who makes MagnaCut, which is the, the steel that we're using for uh, some of these uh, thicker clippers that we're doing with Brent. And it was, you're right. It was like the difference of maybe four bucks or something yeah. to, to have them water jet it. And then, you know, of course we have a little bit of work on our end to clean them up, but it was well worth it to us to have those profiled out and ready to go. And New Jersey's not the only company that does it. If you're in Canada, there's a service called, um, I think it's just on Instagram called water jet knives. And these guys were great. I had them quote my stuff out too. It was just a little bit more expensive because they're on the other side of the border and they have right. to get it to me. So it was a few bucks more per blade. So I ended up going near New Jersey, but also a lot of people don't know this, but knife print, um, that service that Dennis is doing his, yeah. um, his little tutorial series on they'll do, um, not, so like, let's say you go into knife print, you use knife print, you make a knife that you like, it's instant. They will quote you, what it in any kind of steel you want and any kind of thickness you want the water jet services for that blank. I mean, yeah. it's, it's brilliant, man. And it's very inexpensive. And if you've ever done it with knife print, and I think the serve like to get the quote is completely free. Like you don't have to pay anything to do this, you know, for like 80 CRV or 1095, like a blank, like a thicker clipper is like five or eight bucks. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, come on, man. That's a good deal. Yeah, it's I'm surprised that more people don't do that. I mean, I guess, you know, most knife makers or maybe just most knife makers that are around me are doing one offs like the pickle cutters style where every single one is completely individual. You know, there there's something to be said about that. And you can't, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze if I'm going to try to make one chopper or one this or one that. Obviously, you're not going to have that water jet cut, but. If you're going to do a production run, that's the only option. I agree. I think um, I think it makes a lot of sense. So now you started selling a pre-order yes. like deal. on. So like if you want one of these uh, harpoon clips, mm -hmm. uh, which you call the Ridge and the Mini Ridge, that's yep. the name that you've come down to, uh, which I like. It makes a lot of sense to me, the naming. Um, and... Uh, so you, you and I had a conversation about, okay, how do you do the, the 
deposit for these things. And you initially right. had thought maybe you're going to do like a $50 deposit. And then you and I had a phone conversation where I think I convinced you to take at least half down 100%. for each knife. Did that work out? I don't need now for those of you who are listening, I don't know anything about Brian's process in the back end, but Brian did, has that worked out so far. So I guess let's, let's start that conversation one step back. We were talking, or at least I was thinking, and I even, that little commercial that I'd shot, I said in the original version, for just $50, $50 down, you can, you know, pre-order. And then I had to reshoot that, which obviously was worth it. But um, my original, I don't know why my mindset was just $50 down, because if I do a custom knife, I always ask 50, 50% down. That's just like my custom all the way across the border. So... I don't know why in my mind a pre-order should be cheaper than ordering a custom. And maybe, you know, the way I just said that might not be the nicest way to say it. But there's something about, you know, I believe the conversation that we had was $50 down, 50 bucks. you know, you're going to have more people just say, eh, I want my refund in the end. Where or or not down, even get the refund, just, just bail on the whole deal. Right. You know, and, not not because it, it's a non-refundable deposit. Right. And they may it's fifty dollars. They can walk away from that. Right. And, you know, it's I think that you are correct in, you know, it's it's the more financially stable way to do things because you have more down. So with this, I sold two of them already, which I don't know if that's a high, hot start or kind of a sagging start. Some of that may be that we're in the bottom of the hammock and now's not the time that people are really thinking about ordering a custom, you know, or even a production knife. Their timing is probably not on my side with this whole situation. Whatever. That's that's there's nothing I can do about that now. But two is not bad. I mean, for the first go of it and you and you've only really promoted it like a handful of times. Right. You know, maybe there's more to this. Right. Right. And. The nice thing about the fact that I asked for 50% down, I'm already most of the way to funding getting everything water jet cut and oh, the heat oh. treat. So, you know, just, just with two knives being sold. I'm not all the way there yet. Like that's yeah. I'm not saying like the two knives I've already made a profit. Obviously not. Right. But it made it if I were just to ask 50% down, I'm getting stuff water jet cut, a lot of that money, a lot more of that money would be coming out of my pocket. Gotcha. Which, you know, there's there's ways to do things. I don't know if this is the best way or the worst way, but it's the way I'm going with. I don't know. I think you're you're on to something. I think just a little bit more promotion of it. Yeah. Um I would I would uh you know be making more of these like little commercials where you're using the knife, talking about the handle material, talking about the blade steel, yeah. educate these people, um, and then be you know, showing it off um, in every way possible on all the knife forums on Facebook and Instagram on your yeah. posts. And then also um, this is might be a good segue to talk a little bit about threads. Um, <laughs> we've joined up on threads, which is meta meta's version of Twitter. Okay. Right. And I wasn't a big Twitter person when <laughs> Twitter was Twitter, even Dudes. before Elon same so, here. Like, you know, I was I was in, I believe, high school when Twitter blew up. I was on Facebook pretty heavy. I never made the jump over to, to Twitter. I don't know why. Yeah, I just never either. did. Well, it, here, let me give you my two cents on Twitter. And it's also going to be you could use the same um, same thinking for threads. Twitter is like where you post something and you want a reaction from someone and you have a conversation publicly Right. Using hashtags and ats and all that other stuff. Right. And in threads, hashtags don't work. So right. I tried it. A bunch of other people tried. They don't work. So that's out off the table. Threads is a little bit different. It's a little more social. Yeah. I don't know. For me personally, am I going to be able to maintain threads? Because I've already noticed a lot of people in my circle using threads just like Instagram. They're posting pictures, they're posting yeah. videos, and it gets you no know, traction. It doesn't get any traction because it's not a conversation. 
So you have to ask a question, you have to be engaged, and you have to answer. And the whole point of that question is every time somebody responds to your uh, question or your post, the more that happens, the higher up in the feed you're going to get. It's kind of like a mix between Twitter and Reddit. So, you know, (laughs) I mean, it requires a lot of interaction. Whereas someone like me, I'm more visual. I don't really want to answer a million questions and I don't really want I, I don't really want to have public conversations with people about things all the time. So threads may not be my thing, just like you Twitter's know, not my thing. That kind of sounds Brian. Th- that kind of sounds like you don't want to work for it over there. Well, <laughs> it's not it's not just that. It's just and that's funny, but at the same time, like who the fuck has the time for this shit? Another social platform right, right. where i have to now interact like over and over and over with a series of people right and what i've noticed is um that i made a comment on like i jessup stuff or so i don't remember who was what who i was talking with but um <laughs> i all of a sudden start getting all these woodworkers in there you know like guys that uh ben would hang out with and stuff sure and um and then i realized like there's so much conversation going on it is it between them you know there's like it's a different feel than knife makers but here's okay? the or thing. steel workers i should say. maybe that's just because you got lumped in with the woodworkers and you know that is what it is i think that what i've noticed is that it's just your instagram followers are going to see your stuff over there and again a very small portion you know, of your, let's say, like right now, I've got maybe three, four hundred followers that have made it over to Threads, and you automatically follow them, and they automatically follow you. Yes. I've noticed that when I post there, it's the same five, six people that are seeing, commenting, liking, whatever. Yeah. Brian Hooten, thank you. You're you're dapping me up a lot. I appreciate you. A couple other people, of course, but. I guess the only thing that I have seen positive so far through threads, I learned about it on a TikTok at 10 p.m. the day that it launched, or yeah, 10 p.m. the night it launched. So I was there within, I think it was like six or eight hours of when it launched. And all that night, I was, you know, we're up north at Wolverine, yeah, Emily's parents, you know, year round campsite. And from 10 and 10 p.m. to like 3 or 4 a.m. All I was doing was posting, interacting, trying to grow my fault, fo- like try to be OK. I'm here on the first day. I'm trying going to try to be the guy on on threads. And then I woke up the next morning and like, you know, it's it's one of those things. There's very few people on the platform, so there's not a whole lot of people. There's not a whole lot of traction to be had. There's less people that you're fighting with. Like you're you're a larger percentage of the people just because you're there early. But yeah. the thing that I noticed, and maybe it was just a fluke because it was the first day, I had two orders come from it the next day. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. And it was okay. just because there were people, because threads at that point was so new and there's so few things in the overall feed. My I was just posting my prettiest knives I've ever made just over and over <laughs> again, talking about it. You know, just pictures and, you know, description, questions, asking, trying to do all of those clickbaity things to get you to respond. What would you use this for? What do you like this or do you not critique it? You know, over and over. Like I was I was trying to do all the clickbaity shit. And because it was so new, there were more people seeing it. So I think I gained like 20, 25 people following me on Instagram just because they saw me on threads and jumped over five or six conversations two sales that's that's fantastic so i mean that's a success story in my head and i also i want to throw <laughs> flash in the th- pan man that's never gonna happen again it's already grown i don't know too big. i i don't know i you know here's what i'm thinking with threads and i could be wrong is that i you maybe during that first initial uh you know days i heard about it from gary v so like I just was, you know, on Instagram and Gary was talking about it. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go over there and install that. So I did that and whatever. I also wanted to claim my username. Right. And so, um, and then when I was on there, what I noticed was it was easier to get in front of a new audience. That was, and that could just be because, like you said, it's new. So who knows? I, I will say if you're into the whole Twitter thing, threads is way better than Twitter. It's Twitter is, 
in my opinion, starting either a, it's been on a slow decline. Yeah, it's imploding. It's but imploding. I'll tell you, with Elon at the at the wheel, it's, <laughs> he has managed to fuck that all up, and it almost seems like he wanted to fuck it up. I don't know. I mean, he's a smart guy, so it's hard for me to believe he would spend all that money on a company and then want it to like implode. But it just almost seems like he doesn't give a shit anymore about it. But um, yeah, I, you know, either way. Threads is uh, for people who are using Twitter might be a good idea to get over there and, and start uh, interacting with people. I had to turn off the notifications for it. Just like all my social platforms, it exploded. I started getting all these messages and follow this person, follow you, this person's yeah. messaging you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't, I can't fucking do this. I got to I got to get out of this. I disable. I turned into Jeff Fader. I got to get out of this shit. What the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm turning this. I'm like trying to disable the goddamn notifications. And they're just coming in, doomed, you know, and I've, of course, I've got an Apple watch. So this thing's beeping and dinging and all this right. shit. And I'm like, I can't, I, I, I get it. Like we need another social platform for, to replace Twitter. And I totally get Zuckerberg's um, wanting to shove it right in oh, the, you know what, of talk Elon. about, talk about Perfect like the, timing. the master play there by Zuck. I love it. Like, I love it. People are, people are jumping out of Twitter and people are, you know, whether it's the the politics of the day or it's because of usability issues or whatever i don't i don't give a shit but the thing is is like this is this is almost a one for one clone minus hashtags so 100% so you know <laughs> if you're jumping out of one it's stupid easy to get on there because if you have an instagram profile which most people do right you it, it just you literally had to hit join and, and you're not you're not everything. starting from zero. You you're already going to be getting yeah. all of the followers. You know, there's oh, yeah. a there, we can talk about the masterclass of a move that was, but yeah, it's it seems that maybe it's just because it's early. But get in there, post. You're gonna get in front of more people. I mean, if we're if we're gonna bring this back to your own personal, you know, work, you know, if you're talking about your own business, how this could be used better for you. Now is the time to get in early, get in front of more people. You're actually going to get outside of your own little bubble because the bubbles haven't formed yet. And who knows? Maybe you'll get some, you know, dedicated followers and maybe you'll get a couple sales because you made a funny post about this thing. And then they'll yep. say, oh, you know, let's say Brian Hooten. Okay, Brian Hooten made this really funny post about this thing. Well, what's this guy about? Let's go check him out. Let's jump yep. over to Instagram. Holy shit, look at that. You know, Baker Fortune Tool with Black Pearl Handle Knife that he just finished. That thing's awesome. I want that. Bye. I will, maybe it'll I will happen. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you're onto something if you maintain it. Just like every social platform. Like, I don't maintain TikTok. I have, like, 28,000 followers over there. I don't know how the fuck mm. I got them. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I, dude, it, it's, I'm just cross-posting is all I do. Yeah. And I never, hardly ever respond to anybody's comments. I don't yeah. give a shit about TikTok. I, I, could, I just, I don't have enough time. I have to look at, like, when you do the math, you look at, you know, every follower on these platforms is worth a certain dollar amount. And I have to just, honestly, I love Instagram. I'm on yeah. Instagram a lot because I, I interact with people there and I love, I'm a visual person. I love all the people on there. It's a positive environment. And so that's why I think I, I do well there. Whereas I think threads is going to be the same thing. It'll be, it seems, seems like it's a little bit less positive than Instagram, but whatever. I don't give a fuck. I will but say, let me tell you, it's, I mean, as a person who hasn't been on Twitter much, it is worlds better than Twitter. Like just worlds better. in positivity yeah. mode. Like it's, it's a lot better. Yeah. So go over to threads if you haven't already and, you know, d dive into it, uh, at least claim your username. You never know what could come of it. Brian got a couple sales, so you might too. And I, I think it's important because you're going to get in front of people that you weren't in front of before. I think that's still going on. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, all right, Brian, let's switch gears. We did our social media stuff. Uh, are you uh, this week in the workshop? Give me your elevator pitch. What are you up to? Well, it's kind of just been a normal week. You know, I, I finished out a couple knives last week. So this week I've started up a new batch. I'm I'm actually working on a big old chef knife that isn't claimed yet. A nine inch harpoon clip chef knife, because why the hell not? You know, <laughs> Um, so I'm, I've been working on that and a couple other order knives and yeah, I've just been kind of busting ass in the workshop, just kind of normal stuff. Um, I've also been putting a lot of thought into 
you know, different ways that I can promote the Ridge and that line. Um, I may or may not have a couple of collaborations that might be fun. Uh, yeah, not, I'm not like no big names. Well, not like, you know, big, like the Jimmy Duresta's or like that type of collaboration. But what I'm trying to do is set up collaborations of our own people. Like, let's let me send you a, you know, profile of it and you get to take your spin on how you would finish it. And, you know, maybe that'll be fun. This, this is also like, I've had so many conversations with people. I know I'm, I'm going on a total spiel that's off of what we're supposed to be talking about, but I've always wanted to do a lot of collaborations with other makers. And this is going to be a nice, easy way to be like, okay, let me send you one of these and you finish it however you want. And that's, you know, you're, you're doing your finish on my design. That's, that's kind of fun. So yeah, that's, like it. that's been kind of like a part of the, oh, wow, this, this could be a fun, you know, not only a tool of how I can promote my business and how I can, you know, sell these knives, but also like this, this can also be a fun side of things. So that's, that's kind of the fun part of things, but yeah, it's been a lot of, you know, figuring out the Ridge, the, the production, the, the, New Jersey, New Jersey Steel Baron, the heat treating, the all of those fun things. So it's been a lot of not only knife work in the shop, but also, you know, on the computer researching. So Yeah, and I, I like what you said about the production knife being easy to collaborate because and we're noticing this too with the thicker clipper line that Brent is doing. It's like all you got to do is change a handle a little bit and maybe yeah. the finish, like the whether you etch it or tumble it or polish it or whatever. And it's different, different enough yeah. to where people are like, wow, that's that, you know, that really hits for me, you know? And, um, and I like what you're saying about, okay, now you have a production knife and you cut it out or have it cut out and then you do some work to it and then you send it off to somebody and have them finish it. Right. right? And it, it's easy and quick and inexpensive and it's all of those things in a way that gets you in front of an audience you may not have been in front of exactly. initially and you don't have to pick a knife maker you could pick somebody that does woodworking and sure. send it to them and say like this is how we would finish this and you know this is how we would do it um and they're going to be able to figure it out and then you get in front of that audience so i love that idea man that's a fantastic concept yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's been something that I've been thinking about for a while. Like when I did the TR Maker version of the um, EDC3, I was planning on doing collaborations with a couple different people. But then, you know, we, I had things come up. I, I don't necessarily need to talk about them, but, you know, it just didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to work out. So, you know, maybe this is going to breathe that thought back anew. So that's that's well, it could make it easier anyway. Yeah. So, Brian, what the hell's going yeah. over at Housemade? Uh, I'm about ready to get uh, to leave to go on vacation for Woo-hoo! a couple of weeks. So, yeah, that's good. And that means that I've got a lot of things that uh, are on my plate that I need to finish up before I leave. Uh, and then also I'm wedging in some fun projects. I'm working on machine. You've seen some of my content about machining handle material. Yes. So I went on kind of a spree. I gave myself a budget. I went out and bought a bunch of handle material from a whole bunch of different places. You know, just anywhere that I saw that had some cool stuff that I hadn't really seen before I bought it. So Brian, I'm looking at my order sheet. I don't see any carbon fiber sales. Well, I have some of your carbon fiber (laughs) sitting here. So just calm down. Brian. Just calm down. Um, <laughs> I do. I, I, in fact, it's on my table right now because I'm cutting it down to get it ready to go in the machine. Cause oh, no I'm shit. really interested to see how it machines. Yes. Um, it, you have to treat it a little differently because it is carbon fiber and you can't breathe the dust. So you gotta be really, right. you gotta cheat, you know, you know, be very careful with it. But, yeah. um, we're getting ready to do that. I am working with some G Carta. And I've had, you know, like the frustrations everyone has with it because it it gets hot quickly and all that. So I'm working on that because it doesn't really machine all that well. And I'm coming up with some interesting solutions to that. But if you guys have any uh, uh, advice for me with G Carta, if you've machined it. Yeah, I get it that people have grind, you know, they grind it down or sand it down. I get that part. And I understand that part. 
but it's the machining process that I think basically what I need to do is keep it cool. And that's, yeah, and that should be the, the ticket. So have you ever, did you, have you machined regular G10 in there? Yet? I have. Yes. Okay. And you've, you've had good, good responses with that. Yes. And you know, G Carta is that cotton stuff right. that's soaked in um, or, you know, stabilized in epoxy. And what it does is when you, you machine it, it turns like back into cotton. Like oh. no joke, it it just it becomes kind of like soft and fluffy, and so I, to get around it, you know, I soaked it a couple of times in tongue oil, let it harden. Then I tried like a couple, you know, like a clear yeah. finish on it, you know, things like that. But that's not but exactly something you can reproduce on the mass, you know, not quickly, you know. No. So, and I think I hands down know that I machined it in a way that got it warm so i know that's step one i've got to keep it cool so i've added mm. a misting system to my machining process to get that done so there's like little things i'm learning about now i will say i've got some really great experience with uh resin materials that i bought from rock solid scales the, those uh, skull and crossbones mm -hmm. resin uh really positive experience machining that machining some um like I got some from Maker Supply like this. Uh, you've seen the aluminum honeycomb where they put the oh, yeah. resin in between. Yeah, all that. I've had really great. Um, I'll, t I'll start exposing the socials to some of this stuff because it's really fucking cool. It looks really good when you machine it. So it's just the G card is a different animal altogether. Yeah. And it's such beautiful material. I want to learn how to use it. And of course, I bought some of the stuff that Jeff Fader named the, you know, whatever it's called. I don't remember. But is it that um, Mexican blanket weave or something like that? Well, Jeff got, he named one of their, uh, like it's different. There's different, but yes, Mexican blanket is one of the versions that, um, GL Hansen sells. And that's what I machined this morning and it came out fuzzy, which I've been told is totally normal. So I have to like work that out. But, uh, Jeff got a chance to like name, you know what? Screw it. I'll look it up and find the name because it's it was actually a really cool collaboration between those guys. But, sure, um, sure. Let me just see real quick. I'm gonna do a search for Fetter Knives. Fetter is. I I don't think I've ever heard of that guy. What's what's his deal? Jeff Fetter. Fetter. Uh, Fetter. It's Jeff not Fetter. not Fader. It's Fetter. Okay. Fader. He's ripping out his hair right now. I can tell. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> He loved this Colorama G. Carter from G.L. Hansen's offset serrated will light up the room. Man, uh, I don't know. It does, he doesn't even have the name of it in here. Let me just see if G.L. Hansen has it because, um, you know, he posts a lot too. Sure, uh, sure. Instagram. And I, that's how I actually got, found this stuff because I was like, oh, that's really cool. Now, while you're oh, looking here we that go. up. It's oh, called Electric go. Fuzz. Electric it's called Fuzz. Electric Fuzz by Mikey. Oh. And it's right. Jeff Fader named it. Um, and it's a very, very cool looking stuff. And I bought, you know, I bought a few hundred dollars worth of stuff from GL. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. I stuff. see a lot of people using it and it just looks so damn good when they're done with it. It's, there's something about it. It just it looks is so good. very, very cool stuff. Super unique. I think it's just I've never worked with it before, so I'm having a hard time. And, it, and I've, I've been told by numerous people. I, in fact, what's funny is. When I went to go learn how to work with it, because there's not a lot of data on their website, I, of course, stumbled across a Matt Gentry video. Yep. <laughs> and was watching Matt work with it. And I'm like, okay, all right. If Matt can do it, of course. I can. <laughs> so, <laughs> Come on, man. Put more respect on his name. All right. I'm Come just on. He knows I'm kidding around. <laughs> just kidding around. So it's been handle material experimentation here, getting caught up so we can get on vacation. And then uh, I'll come back for vacation, uh, you know, feeling good and working hard, and I'm going to crush it. I'm going to finish out 23 and make this the best fucking year I've ever had in my entire life. Let me tell you what. No. I am so positive about 2023 and even more positive about 2024. And so if you're – I'm going to – a little tough talk right now, Brian, real okay. quick. I'm because here. I've gotten a bunch of messages and I've seen a bunch of people posting on Instagram talking about how they're fucked and they don't get their shadow banned and their people aren't watching their content and their sales are slowing down. This is the summertime hammock. Trust me when I tell you this is totally normal. This is like every year right at the beginning of summer where everybody goes, 
oh, the president is a jerk because the gas prices are going up and blah, blah, blah. It's like if you look historically at every single time there's a gas price rise, it's always around the same time of the Mm -hmm. year. And that's because it's summertime. Gas costs more in the summer because it's supply and demand standard economics 101. And if you listen and trust what I'm telling you about the hammock, just understand that it is an important part of our culture and not just in the United States. It's in almost every culture in the northern hemisphere in the summertime it is historically low as far as consumerism goes right and also social media because people are outside it is a record year this year because we are finally out of the covid pandemic pandemic which means people are finally getting outside and going and doing things socially with one another they're not looking at their phones as much and believe me when i tell you they will get extremely bored of that very soon and they will go right back to the way they were doing it before it will just take a little time. So put your dicks away and start, you know, <laughs> quit spanking it around and being all crazy. I'm sick on, of it. Man. I'm fucking sick of it, to be honest. Of all things I to think, say. Come on. Come on. We're, we're spanking our dicks around? Like, what the hell? <laughs> slapping your your dick right. around. It and just, I don't even know, man. Just get back to work. Would you? Well, now's, now's the time to be building up your stock. Like one of the 100%. things that I've been doing over the last couple of months, every, you know, if I'm if I'm working on five customer knives, I'm, I'm doing one or two or three non-customer knives. And that's just because I know here right around Black Friday, I'm going to get a lot of messages of, oh, shit, you know, I need to get something before Christmas. Too late to do a custom. What do you have on hand? Yep. Have that stock ready to be able to say, this, 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 and this. Because and I know it sounds counterintuitive what Brian is saying, it, it, but go out and buy some material. Get ready because right now the vendors that you buy from are also feeling the same hurt. And you would think, oh gosh, I don't, you know, I'm not getting the sales. So why would I go out and spend money on material? Well, because right now is the best time to buy. Everything's yeah. cheap, you know. So go out and get it now. Get building. Quit complaining, step one, quit complaining, and go out and do something. Build up your stock because you're going to be super busy in the next couple of months. You're yeah. going to get nailed with orders. So I just, I, I get it. People are the sky is falling and the whole thing. I just, I want to try to highlight this every year and get ahead of it. Like next year, right around March, I'm going to start speaking about this because I hear so many people are worried. Oh, the economy, this I, Look, I lived through the worst economic downturn since 1929. And yeah. it really, honestly, was not that fucking bad. You know, it was, it could have been way worse. Sure. If you look at historically, it could have been way worse. So uh, quit your bitching. Get back to work. Start working for now, it. By the way, if you're, not, if you're not posting social media, by the way, because you think no one's looking at it, you're just going to have that much more digging you're going to have to do to get out of that hole when it comes time for you to actually start posting and making sales. So keep that up too. I would say once a day, at least at the minimum once a day. Now back to your 50, 50 rule, you know, at the very beginning of the, this podcast, you brought up your 50, 50, it's half, half of your job is making and half of your job is selling, making posts, getting it out in front of the people. That's right. Now last week I posted, you know, for the first part of the week, I posted nine times a day. And the second part of the week, I was somewhere between six and eight times a day. All fucking week long. And you know what? I got way more interaction. I got way more people excited about my stuff. And I sold way more knives than I would have otherwise. This week, for whatever reason, I haven't posted nearly as much. I don't know why. There's no reason behind it. I just, for whatever reason, I was in making mode and I wasn't in posting mode, which is a stupid place to be. And this week, I've gotten almost no order so far. And it's just like, it's so, it's so black and white. When I post all the time, orders come in. When I don't post all the time, orders don't come in and I don't get nearly as much eyes on my shit. It's, it's almost like it's a pattern. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> it's almost as if those two things are correlated. Weird. <laughs> Dude. You're blowing my mind right now, Brian. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Anyway, so I'm going to leave more you guys thing. with this thing. Okay, go ahead. One, One more, more thing. We skipped over. What the hell are you doing on vacation? Where are you going? Anywhere fun? 
I'm going to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I'm doing my plan is to just do nothing. Hell yeah. Just, yeah, we're just going to go for like a week, taking all the kids, meeting up with some other family. We've rented a big house right on the water, uh, like a beach house, and it's got a swimming pool. I'm bringing some fishing rods. I'm going to go out and, you know, at five in the morning, sit out there, catch whatever's floating by and just relax and take some time. Now, if you know me, that sounds like absolutely the worst vacation possible. My vacations, believe it or not, are actually, I would love to vacation in my own workshop and just be here. And do the fun shit that I like to do, like make knives and, you know, whatever else. Um, But I have this thing called a family and I have personal obligations that I have to do. Like to break me free from my work is really tough. I I have a hard time with it. And and I, I know this sounds like I'm trying to be funny, but it's the truth. I have to take and legit like smack myself out of my workaholic ways and go and take some time off and enjoy my family. It's just the way it is. Now, I'm around my family all the time. Like, they're here. We work together every day. It's just we're working together is so much different than playing together. Yeah. You know? And going out and, um, you know, you know, just taking some funny money, go and play like once a day, go do something fun. Go rent a go, go to a golf, a go-kart track, go to a mini golf place, you know, uh, go fishing, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Those things are bonding experiences that you're having with your family and you have to take notice that that is of there's value in that, you know, that it's not just all work, 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 right? Because nobody remembers all the work, you know, the kids aren't going to remember the work. They're going to remember dad worked too much and dad, all dad and mom ever talked about was work, 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 work. And um, I don't want them to think that that's like a hundred percent normal for people. I will say, I think work is by far the best thing you can do for to find your purpose is to to work hard, build a business, do whatever it might be that you have to do uh, to make a living. And, you know, we've gotten spoiled in this country because we have so many people who have risen up out of poverty for multiple generations. Right. We're we're taking these generations up, up, and up. Every every generation is better off than the generation before it. And some people are going to argue that that's not the case now. I disagree. You're just young and you don't understand yet. But I get it. I was an angry young man at one time. I wanted to be, I wanted to have things that came to me easily. I want. I had my hand out. I was entitled. I've been where you've been. Trust me when I tell you. It's a thing. But here's here's what you will find is as you age, as you have your own kids, is that you want to leave you want to leave something for them that's better than what your parents left for you. You want to you want to give them something, but nothing you ever give them is going to be more valuable than a solid 100 percent positive work ethic. There will be nothing you can do to, to do for your kids better than to teach them that hard work is an important part of happiness. Yes. It is absolutely integral to your mental health hard work is and so once you figure that out it becomes easier to disconnect and go on vacation and have fun once or twice a year something like that sure and um so but i didn't learn this until a few years ago i really didn't because i was so busy trying to make a living i wasn't making a life now here's a question for working really hard now it almost blade show has a flavor of vacation you know, yes, you're going somewhere, you're seeing people, you're you're having fun. Do you feel like that counts as one of your two vacation weeks? No, because it's work. I'm working the whole time. Trust me when I tell you every single person I'm talking to has a it has a an element of work because my work is literally my job is to inspire an entire generation of makers and to bring more makers up. That is my job. That's how I see my job. And what, why I feel like that is so important is because, A, it, it aids in the economy, which benefits me because I sell more tools and I sell more things. And, B, it's better for them because they have something to do with their lives that isn't sitting in a cubicle, isn't uh, you know hammering out code or working for some asshole who treats them poorly. I give people inspiration 
to get up and make something and build a life for themselves. That is 100% my job. I just, I see it that way. So that's why you see me posting on social media, being positive, always telling people like, hey, I think you can do this because I know you can. And I also record this podcast every single week because I know people listen to it. In fact, Brent just texted me a note from an order we got from somebody who said, I now know that the American dream is not dead because I listened to you on your podcast and you told me it wasn't dead and I didn't believe you. And then I started doing this work and I realized all of a sudden I can make a living doing this. I can make it's a decent side hustle anyway for this guy right now. And he's spending money on housemate. So that if you can take my uh, see my business model is this. My job isn't to inspire and keep inspiring a generation of makers and bring a whole new generation of makers back up with me because a rising tide lifts all motherfucking ships. I am telling you right now, you can dig yourself out. You can find purpose and happiness by doing this work. And trust me when I tell you, it begins with working with your hands and being creative. And all, all of that wrapped up into one nice little burrito says that I can take two weeks off and go kick my feet up now at blade show i am walking around talking to and listening to the 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 verbal stories of people telling me this exact thing face to face so listening to the people is work to you huh it's not work (laughs) i see it as my job but it's not it doesn't feel like work Uh, brian you're an asshole fuck (laughs) off all right get out of here i'm glad you're figuring it out buddy no I, I, it, it is, it was one of the things that, in fact, I, this year I missed an opportunity because I should have had a microphone on me at Blade Show at all times and had a camera on me at all times and recorded all of the conversations I had with people who told me the exact same thing that I inspired them to keep going, that I inspired them to uh, sell their stuff and, and, you know, use the 50 50 rule. I had a whole bunch of people. I mean, dude, and it wasn't just young guys. We're talking guys that are sometimes 10, 15, 20 years older than me, pulling me aside and telling me this. And it was, it, bro, when I tell you, it got me, it's just thinking about it right now, it gets me emotional because yeah. my whole, but if I could leave one legacy on this planet other than happy children who are well adjusted, it's that I've inspired a, a, a generation ahead of me, a generation that's my generation and the generation before me to to do things with their hands and work and make because if i can do that i have left the best legacy i could ever think of it's yes. it's one of those things man so yeah i i don't see blade shows work i or i don't see it as vacation i see it as kind of a mix in between but you you were with me a lot during blade oh, yeah. show and you saw how much i was campaigning for this and working towards this. And it wasn't just to sell housemate gear, sell revolutions or whatever. It was to inspire these people so that they will just continue. Cause we, if we can continue to do this, it's a billion dollar industry. Yeah. It doesn't just benefit me. It benefits my competition too. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people in my industry pull me aside and say, what you do is important to my business. Thank you. Like two Two industry leaders, and I'm not going to say who they are, but uh, <laughs> I was that are say, in name my, drop, Brian, name drop. <laughs> that are in my industry, in my exact industry, have told me this separately, and they don't know each other. So, I I know that w- what we're doing is valuable work here. And I'll, by the way, I've got a whole team of dudes who will parrot the same information I send out all the time too, because they're believers as well. Yeah, they go out and they preach. The housemaid gospel, just like I do on this podcast, to all the people that are around them. And they and because they see it, you know, they see how this hard work has made them happier, more well adjusted, make them money. I mean, it might not seem that way initially. You know, there's a lot of outlay and tooling and experimentation. But once you get past all that, man, this is a legit side hustle. I think if you, you do it right. I think we need a quick refresher. Your mantra is hard work and good luck. You've been preaching the hard work all podcast long. Where does the good luck come in? The good luck part of it comes in the fact that you have the ability to turn on a phone, listen to this podcast, be a part of whatever economy it is that you're a part of, 
if you're an American, you are definitely, you have more luck than majority of the people. If you're in Europe, there you're right there too. You have, in Australia, you got it. You are, you guys have like a leg up on the rest of the world because that's right there. Being born in those countries, that's your good luck. And, you know, it, it, it boils down to a lot of other factors, but I'll tell you, if you have enough wherewithal to take and listen to a podcast or get on Instagram, you've got good luck. And all you got to do is deploy some hard work, combine the two, and your good luck gets better every time you you put that hard work in there. And so I like to think of it in terms of I was born in a specific time in a specific place with a specific skin color because that's another thing. A lot of guys take they listen to this and they go, well, you talk a lot about being a white guy and that's must be easy and whatever. Hey, listen, I know if you're not white, you've got a heart. You've got every third rung on that ladder is removed. You've got a lot harder job. It's way harder for you to climb the ladder than me. I get it, but you're doing it and I appreciate it because you're doing it for your kids. You're, you're showing and you're proving that it can be done regardless of skin color. But yes, it is harder. But you were born in a specific time and a specific place, and right now is the best time to do this. Never in history of all history have we had the technological advances like we have now. Used to be that if you wanted to sell something, you had to put it in a bag or a suitcase and carry it around and go door to door and fucking sell it. Right. Like Tupperware or a vacuum cleaner. You all you have to fucking do now is stand in your workshop with a device and film and talk about it or show what you're making and post it. Hit a button and post it. And, and so you get many in front people of five thousand people. Me included. I only made a couple posts so far this week. I yeah. am failing in this exact thing that we're talking about right now. Yep. This is my kick in the ass to stop failing. Stop stop thinking that the world owes you business because it doesn't. You have to go out and you have to fucking take it. No one is going to help you. You have to do it on your own. You got to go out and make it. And people love, love, love watching the underdog rise up because that's the story I am. I'm the underdog and I'm yeah. rising. And it's only because I'm self-propelled. I have, I have found it within me to continue every single day. And you know what I'm doing? I'm fucking working for it. There it is. Just like you guys. So anyway, Brian, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. I think it's time for we switch over to the after show where we talk a little bit about what's next for Housemade University. Because One we don't thing. have any patron questions. And I really would love it if somebody in our patron list would get on there and send me a question. Yeah, so man. we can answer it in the after One show. thing I need to shout out. We, I did that raffle thing, and, you know, the the whole genesis of the raffle thing is, you know, things were coming up zeros. Well, because of the raffle, because of a couple, you know, sales, because of this, you know, ridge launch, I have turned that around. Everything is looking a hell of a lot more positive. Everything's paid in full. I could not be in a better place because of you guys. I could literally – I am so thankful of the support of this community. A lot of a lot of the sales on the vast majority of the sales of the raffle came from this podcast. And I thank you. I appreciate you. I love you guys all. There was what a, a winner. difference a, a week. Oh makes. my God. And you know, a week of busting ass. And that was the whole genesis of posting nine times a day. You know, it was I am in a hole. I need to dig myself out. I'm this is the way to do it. And it 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 happened. It you will happens. never work harder when you're hungry, tired, and poor. Yeah. You ha you ha and struggle is such a good thing. I there's a lot of people out there that would argue this fact, but I will tell you that once you really truly know what it's like to struggle, and I know that, and Brian, yeah. you know how it is. Yep. And you you'll never want to be there ever again. So you're you're gonna be you're willing to do whatever it has to take to get up and get past all of that. Because Boy, man, when you're sitting back and you've got a refrigerator full of food and you got a bank account full of money, it doesn't make a ton of sense to like so, get up and go do shit. But here's the thing. I see that in myself right now this week. You know, I wasn't really thinking about it until I sat down and I started listening to you where, you know, when I was when I was in a bad place, I was posting all the time. I was working twice as hard. I already worked pretty damn hard, but I was working even harder, working longer, working harder. 
and I was posting more and things were, you know, I was able to flip that around this week. I I'm still working in the shop. I'm still busting my butt, but the post, like the, the, the other side of that 50%, the 50, 50 rule slid back. And that is stupid. I'm well, kicking myself in the butt. It's I know there's an ebb and flow gotta, there, but yeah. you should, once you put your pedal to the metal, you should keep it there. And just because all of a sudden you got that little burst of speed and you're feeling good doesn't mean you have to let up. But well, anyways. I, I appreciate what you're saying, but I, I will say that there's going to be an ebb and flow. Don't beat yourself up. Just oh, keep yeah, moving yeah. forward. You know what to do now. You've got it figured out. And but, the rest of you guys do too because I'm watching you guys post every single day. You're hashtagging WFI projects. You're talking about your projects. You're interacting on all levels of social media. I can see it happening. Um, I just want you to know that it, it will, you know, this summer hammock will turn around. Everything's going to be fine and uh, quit your bitching. So the thing that I was trying to, the thing that I was trying to bring up, but then got in a side quest, um, the raffle winner, I drew the raffle winner and it's from you guys. One of you guys won it. Well, who was it? Do, did you announce it yet? Yes, I have. Who is the it? The one, the only, master of metal manipulation, Jared Weaver. Oh, Jared Weaver. Yes, yes. that's right. He's getting that's it. That's right. I did read that. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't gone couldn't have gone to a nicer guy. Exactly. I love I love that. It's it's going to one of you guys. I love the fact that, you know, I I made it for Blade Show to show off to the people that I know to get critiques. You know, I, I went into some hard times. I'm doing a, I did a raffle on it because I needed to come up with some money to pay some bills. And then it's going right back to the people that I originally made it for to, you know, get critiques and get, you know, feedback from. So it's just like this, the whole story of this knife is like a work for it podcast, a success story. And I love it. I loved it too. I love it too. I, I think that's fantastic. Well, thanks guys for pitching in and helping Brian out. That's awesome. And uh, I'm glad it was a success, success, Brian. Yeah, man. Um, and uh, let's, uh, you want to move on to the after show and talk a little bit about Housemade University let's and do what, it. what we're doing. And so we appreciate you guys for listening into the podcast. And if you want to listen to the after show you want to get get even more juice out of this squeeze it costs you literally ten dollars and eighty cents a year for 52 after shows and what that money does is it sends us to blade show and maker camp and all that i'm going to maker camp this year i I have to go this year so um i need a little funds to do that and it's awesome that you guys are going to send me there uh anyway i want you to know right now that if you heard something i said today and it took offense to it, go fuck yourself. Get back to work. I'm sorry it happened. I don't know what to tell you. You should pull up your pants and go do something else. I don't know. And if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I love you guys. I'm just joking around. On to the after show. (laughs) 